0: Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook em Up, 1019-AM-1260,
1: The Horn.
0: <laughs> <on a> <laughs> like that Willie Nelson classic now has a new meaning after Ty, Ty's story of yesterday. That is very true. First line of that song. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I agree. I'm with you. I agree with you. Can't get that visual out of my head now. Uh, Ty pay producing pay our time. show
0: without uh, drawers on. Mm-hmm.
1: But he still did the show.
0: He still did no, the show. I had show. my drawers
1: on. I didn't have pants on.
0: Pants on. So you had your undies. Yeah. Your that. me undies. I love it. Okay. So uh, obviously it's been a lively four hours. We started the show uh, leading with uh, Nick Saban and the Bo Davis news, Pete Carroll, and then uh, that was added to by the Bill Belichick news that came down this morning. Bill Belichick, Nick Saban, and Pete Carroll all out in the last 24 hours. 904 victories, nine national titles, and seven Super Bowls between the three. And uh, as uh, someone always got to point this out, how about this? Bill Belichick's record without Tom Brady, though, guys, is 84 and 103. 84 and 103. That has to be added to the conversation. So yeah,
1: it, it does. It has to be added to the conversation. I totally agree with that. Um, and and now you know Pete Carroll's you know legacy, right? I mean, uh, you, you were talking about it. What could have been with Pete Carroll, right? So. Same thing kind of can be can be said of Bill Belichick. I we know now, Bill Tom Brady would have won a he won a Super Bowl without Bill Belichick, right? With the Tampa Bay Bucks. so it's clear his legacy is solidified as the goat. This is what Bill Belichick's I guess his uh, his next reinvention will be all about, right? The next phase of his career. I think he does want his legacy to be still cemented without Tom Brady. I think he understands that uh, the narrative right now is, oh, man, the Patriot way is all Tom Brady. That's what the Patriot way is about. I think Bill Belichick wants to, and not that he's going to obviously use the Patriot way as his moniker, but I think he wants to go somewhere else and show that he can have success and even prove it to himself.
0: Yeah, rebuild a little bit. That he can well, have I mean, success without Tom Brady. we will know this, and I'm just – Because
1: th- Tom, Tom did it without him. Well, how many super? How
0: many head coaches in the NFL have won? Multi have won more, multiple Super Bowls with different quarterbacks, uh, because Bill Walsh mm-hmm. only won with Joe Montana.
1: The only coaches, and I brought this up actually I had to have Roger about this. I, remember, I, too, I, too I I'm about. trying to remember who you said yeah, that. The, yeah, the best coaches, in my opinion, are the most underrated coaches, because they did it without Hall of Fame quarterbacks. You got to give Bill Parcells some credit. You got to give Joe Gibbs a lot yeah, of Joe credit. Yeah, Joe
0: Gibbs won it with multiple quarterbacks. Multiple
1: quarterbacks without a Super Bowl. I don't think any of them were Super Bowl. Uh, sorry, any of them were Hall of Fame quarterbacks that won that Super Bowl. You got to give those coaches more credit, in my opinion. Tony Dungy's first. Uh, Tony first the Bucks. First.
0: Well, he was a coach of the Bucks when they won with Brad Johnson, right?
1: Brad Johnson, yeah, Brad right. Johnson. Yeah, you give him give him credit for that because Tony Dungy
0: to, won it with Peyton Manning. It's
1: hard to win.
0: it he to, not? Was it was Dungy there when Manning yeah. won it? Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah, so I, my point to that is – It's hard to I, win I, I'm without not, one I'm not going to defend Bill Belichick, but, I mean, the Hall of Fame quarterback means a lot. They
1: all, basically 95% of all your Hall of Fame coaches are, kemp, uh, are paired up with a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah, Andy <laughs> Reid couldn't
0: win the Super Bowl until he got Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, right? they're, just,
1: they're all yeah. paired up yeah, with him. It's one of those
0: yeah. uh, the chicken and
1: egg thing. Yeah, right? there are a few so, outliers, but come on. Yeah. Even Nick Saban, said, Nick Saban said the number one reason he failed in the NFL because he didn't get Drew Brees. Yeah. And he said when he didn't get Drew Brees, he knew – all right, I'm, go. I, I need to go to college. I need to go somewhere else because I got no shot in this league without a quarterback.
0: Got to have it. And that's <laughs> – so, yes, and, and so for Bill Belichick. But, look, it's, it's gone ugly in New England. Uh, it will be interesting to see where he lands. I mean, I, I'm now fascinated where everybody's going. I mean, I, I keep presenting places where Jim Harbaugh could go. I mean, Seattle. Washington, because of his proximity to his brother and, uh, you know, the ability to have the second pick in the draft and take a quarterback. Um, You know, everybody's talking about the the Vegas Raiders, but Vegas, they don't have a quarterback. Mm -hmm. And they don't have really an opportunity to take a quarterback right now. And they just, you know, invested in Jimmy Garoppolo, who they're going to have to get rid of. I mean, that's a mess, that whole thing. I don't know. I just um, – then what's Belichick going to do? I mean, this, this becomes a really fascinating conversation. And I know Cowboy fans are, are not wanting to hear this. I just know it's being com- you know, talked about, that if they underachieve and they don't get over a hump here in January, that, you know, Jerry Jones with, with a coach like Bill Belichick available could look into it. I, is that an upgrade from Mike? Mike McCarthy's gone 36 or 37 and – Won thirty seven games in
1: three years, but we know it's about January. Rod is and Belichick an upgrade over Mike McCarthy? I'd say right um, now, yes, yeah, yeah. i would say right now, yes, but this is a big but. With Dak, Mike McCarthy plays. has he has Mike McCarthy with the new Texas coast Texas Coast <sighs> offense, right? And this re, this uh, reinvented, transformed Dak Prescott within this you know new uh, offense with Mike McCarthy calling the plays. He has basically brought the best out in Dak. He's brought the best version of Dak yes, he we've has, seen, Big Dak Energy. Which was his job. Yeah, Big Dak Energy is now tied to Mike McCarthy. You get rid of Mike McCarthy, that's fine. You can let Belichick take over Dan Quinn's defense, and that'd be great. I think he can handle that. I think he, that, that'd be a seamless transition. But who takes over the offensive play calling to get you that Big Dak Energy you need? Because Mike McCarthy brought it out.
0: Yeah, he, and this year's been great. But again, those two are tied at the hip, so it's their success in this month and the next three weeks is tied together. If Dak has, goes out and plays a clunker, that's going to be tied to – I mean, because, again, let's go back to last January, the last two Januaries. It all starts now for them. Nothing yes. else – I don't want to say nothing that they've done matters because they've had some all-pro performances, and Dax had a great year. But none of it will matter if they lose to the Packers or the Lions and don't get to the NFC Championship. I mean, even if they do get to the NFC Championship game and have to go to San Francisco and lose that game, yeah. there's going to be people or Cowboys fans are going to be disappointed. And that's just where it's at right now, and that's – They've won this number of games each of the last two seasons and then have lost in mid-January to the San Francisco 49ers, once at home, once on the road last year. Uh, this becomes the challenge for them because you know how narrative swing, Rod. The narrative right now is things are good. The narrative will change dramatically if they lose in the next two weeks. Yes. Dramatically. It'll just – no one will care that they just went 12-5, won the division. Um, you know, Dak had his best year ever. Deron Bland set a record for pick sixes. I mean, those don't don't, don't go out of the record book, but for the fans and for Jerry Jones,
1: it's not about that. No, you got to get to the NFC title game. Uh, It's NFC title game or bust. You get there, I don't think you have to win it, but I think to secure Mike McCarthy's job, um, and to give him job security, you got to get to the NFC title game. Then I think Mike McCarthy might get an extension, and I think that's when Dak will get Even if they extension. lose to the 49ers, It'll be, a, that'll be based
0: on the style. If they go out there and lose 42-10 yeah, like they out. did early yeah, yeah, in the yeah. year. No, I
1: agree. you got to be competitive at least. But yeah. Yeah. I, and I think they will be, by the way. I, don't I, think do, too. I blown do too. I do too.
0: And here's the, th- the problem for, for, for Big Mac, Mike McCarthy. You know, if you don't make it to the NFC championship game, who's, who does? What if Detroit makes it? Well, and they beat the you. The that beat you. Right, it. and it's like, well, Dan Campbell just you he's know, ahead he, of you. He just passed you up. He just passed you up. he was
1: been, been there, what, Dan Campbell was his third year? Yeah, third year. Third year, Mike McCarthy's fifth? Yeah. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. Or fourth. Fourth year. Fourth versus fourth third. Year. Fourth year, third. Yeah, part. that would
0: be an indictment. Third. Okay, he's ahead of you, and he's got Jared Goff, and you got Dak Prescott. It's not like you're, you're – it's a quarterback – you know, you have the better quarterback. Uh, well, Jared's actually been pretty darn good. But that would be an indictment. That's why I'm saying these, these narratives on Jared. So anybody that hears that about Belichick and the Cowboys and all this, I think, they, I think the fans know no. that this thing will turn quick. And Jerry Jones threw gasoline on it on Tuesday on his interview when he said, we'll see how these games go. I think he did now, it, he came yeah. back after it and said, you know, look, Mike's under contract and we're good. But, yeah, he did it on purpose. He did it on purpose. That was intentional. <laughs> hey, there's that was been intentional. A, there's been an odd shift in the, where Belichick will be the coach that next year. What is that? As of this morning, uh, the Atlanta Falcons have gone from plus 350 to plus 150. All right, so that's not odd yeah. to me in that this Arthur Blank is a powerful owner in the NFL who I know Bill Belichick knows and knows well. Um, and Bill, Bill's been around the game so long, he knows everybody. But, And Arthur Blank did not fire Arthur Smith at 1201 on Monday morning, Rod, to, to go out and hire a coordinator. I don't believe that. Uh, and I believe he said as much like he did not go out. He didn't fire him to go out and hire Bobby Slowick or Ben Johnson or one of these coaches. Now, he may end up down there. If you can't land the coach, he did it to go get a big name. He did it to go get a big fish. And is Belichick that fish? Uh, that would be that's that's I wonder, because that's a place, um, Rod and, and, and Ty, that we know B. John Robinson's there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of talent there. It's, it's mostly offensive skill talent, so whoever his offensive coordinator is would be important. But, but Bill Belichick could scheme up the defense, that's an interesting place. That's an interesting spot, Atlanta, because it's a division that's so winnable. One of the big advantages that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick had for so long was they were playing in that non-competitive division mm-hmm. where the Jets have been terrible. The Dolphins were non-competitive for a long time. Uh, the, the Bills were, were down until they got uh, Josh Allen. And so they, they almost won the division by default all those years. Well, that's, how the, that's what the NFC South is right now. It is Pat. I mean, the Saints are in cap, per, uh, cap hell. It's not competitive. The, the Panthers, Panthers are a, are a mess. And the Buccaneers are the Buccaneers, right? They, they overachieved a little bit with Baker Mayfield, but someone has to win that division, I guess, is mm-hmm. what would be the point. If you're Belichick, you're like, oh, I can go win that division. <laughs> I agree.
1: Uh, Diana Rossini, uh, this is her second report on it. Uh, I read the report last week about it that possibly the Falcons would be interested. He's saying now the Atlanta Falcons have been interested in landing Bill Belichick for weeks. Ooh. And Belichick isn't the only candidate they are targeting, but they've been interested in him for a while now. So, yeah, Arthur Blank will definitely uh, do his research, his due diligence on Bill Belichick. I, my only question would be, Are you going to let Bill pick the quarterback? Who's picking your quarterback and who's going to be your OC? And and that will continue to be my question for Bill Belichick no matter where he goes.
0: You're right about that. Because when he
1: had a chance to do it, he screwed it up. And he screwed it up bad (laughs) with the Joe Judge, Matt Patricia thing. That made us think like, okay, maybe Bill Belichick is done. Maybe he doesn't know what the hell he's doing anymore and he can't keep up with the the changing landscape in the NFL. Uh, And he brought back Bill O'Brien, which is just a comfort hire for him. But has he done the research on Bill O'Brien? Bill O'Brien had not been a great offensive mind. while. <laughs> Bill O'Brien's been behind the times. So my question is, well, Bill is,
0: O'Brien's great offensive mind was Tom Brady.
1: Yeah, even Nick Saban, <laughs> even Nick Saban was tired of Bill O'Brien. He "Was like, man, get the hell out of here. You bring me somebody else in here. Bill O'Brien's got to go." Once he got another connection between these two, isn't it crazy? Out of connections, Bill O'Brien's another connection between them. And so I would be concerned if I'm hiring Bill Belichick. I need I need my GM to be. Heavily involved in the OC hire and heavily involved, not heavily, that's GM. But I don't know if I want Belichick picking out my quarterback.
0: Well, let's remember who's also in Atlanta. Rich McKay is in Atlanta. Rich McKay has been a a league executive for a long time.
1: And how good are they doing? Well, they've got two winning seasons in the last eleven seasons. So well, my point I'm is saying
0: the, like Rich McKay's kind of a, you know, he was in Tampa when they were winning. Yeah. He's got a pedigree.
1: I know, but so does Belichick. My point is, you're talking about the pedigree for well, a while. No, no ago I'm saying that moving forward.
0: Point of point of it is, what I'm saying is, Rich McKay would be able, in my opinion, to say to Bill Belichick, "Look, we're going to help. I'm going I'm to hire, help you hire the offensive coordinator and the offensive coaches here. We want you here." But he's he's got enough history in this league. This is not some young guy that's a first-time general manager. This is Rich McKay. He's won Super Bowls. He's been around. And you're right. It hasn't been great under Arthur Smith, but that team was undercoached in Atlanta. That team was undercoached. Baylor. At some level, overcoached. Which That's true. Not getting the best weapons of the ball. But the only point of Rich McKay, of course, his father, John, I mean, this is the McKay family. They've been in the NFL for a long time. This is why I say Belichick in his history of the game, he knows. Because guess what? If this was coming, you know who would have known it? Arthur Blank. Arthur Blank and Robert Kraft yeah. are, you know, they, these, are, these are guys. Yeah. And you know how they talk and what goes on. So we'll see. I mean, I, I, I think Atlanta, that, there's a reason why Vegas now has it as the odds favorite. But you're right. It doesn't – there's no guarantee. Doesn't mean no. it's gonna work perfectly.
1: But it doesn't matter where he goes, they need to make sure that they help him with the offensive coordinator hire because he struggles there. Yeah. Period. Yeah. He just goes with comfort hires. And I don't necessarily think Belichick is going with the most cutting edge, progressive offensive mm-hmm. minds. But, and I'll go been, I think I don't want him picking the quarterback. I'd like for the GM and him to make that a collaborative effort. That's hundred
0: percent true. Yeah, and that's the point of that is, you know. In New England, much like Bill Bill O'Brien got in Houston, I think he had too much control. Yes, where he didn't have someone who will step in and say Bill, and the only person that could do it was Robert Kraft. And you know they had had their run ins. We're going to see this new Apple documentary that's coming out, the Good, the Bad, and the Untold. You know there 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 were some run ins there, and Bill had ultimate power. in In Tampa, he'll have in Atlanta, he would have power, but he won't have ultimate power. Checks and balances. There'll be some checks and balances to where he's at. Maybe some chain of command. I agree with that. And it might be good for Bill Bill Belichick. This I mean, might I, be a great thing I'm, for him.
1: I'm totally with you. I, I think he would enjoy it, actually, being able to focus on, you know, just some of the more macro elements of the team and just coaching defense or coaching up the coaches who coach defense rather than having to, I think, get outside of his comfort zone ultimately, which was trying to designate and delegate on the offensive side of the ball. He needs that. He, just, he it, will, it did not go well for him. It did not go well. Yeah. When he lost Josh McDaniels, Josh McDaniels was also, I think, one of the – it was a crutch for him because he trusted, and I think rightfully so, trusted Josh McDaniels to handle the offense, and he would. And when he lost Josh McDaniels on top of losing Tom Brady, he just he had no idea what he was doing on that side of the ball.
0: Yeah, Rich McKay is the current Falcons president, CEO, and CEO. So uh, they do have a GM. But there, is, there needs to be more. What's a GM? Is it Terry
1: Fontenot? Yeah. Terry Fontenot. Yeah, okay.
0: Yeah, there needs to be some checks and balances. Bill Belichick hasn't had that. And, look, there, are, there aren't there are really checks and balances in Dallas either, by the way, with the Cowboys. I mean, that's Jerry yeah. Jones' team.
1: Yeah, it is. But Jerry Jones, and you're right. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, it's it a is. family business. But Jerry Jones has been a little more open and flexible to compromise lately. Sure, 100%. Uh, Stephen, to, to the betterment of the organization. Yes, Stephen Jones helps him with that a little bit. I mean, gosh, you could have Johnny Manziel in there. <laughs> and Will McClay's influence, and he might be end up getting poached too. But the influence of those, I think, Steven Jones and Will McClay has really helped Jerry Jones become a little more flexible. That's why they built that roster so well. They built it organically through the draft, making sound draft picks, not, you know, gut draft picks. Oh, I I like me some Johnny. Or, you know, if it was up to Jerry Jones, your quarterbacks would be, instead of having the Dak Prescott thing, your quarterbacks probably would have been Johnny Manziel at one point. Right. Yeah. It had been uh, they tried to trade for Paxton Lynch. Remember that Paxton Lynch thing? Remember Connor Cook? These are all quarterbacks that Jerry Jones thinking, oh, this might be the guy. But the court, the, the Will McClay uh, influence forces the quarterbacks, forces the Cowboys to follow their board. Just, why do we do all this work, Jerry? If you're going to come in here at the last minute and say, oh, "I like this guy, man," let's go. It's like, we on our board it says this player is the best player. Years we should go with of that.
0: Putting this board together. Yeah, that's
1: the Michael Parsons thing. That was their board, guys. That was they. They like man, he's the best player on the board. Do we need a linebacker? No, but. Look at our research. Our research says he's the best player. Let's take him. Let's
0: take him. And it's well. It's paid and by for the him. way, that's also been a problem for Bill Belichick, the general manager. Bill Belichick has hurt oh, the coach, Bill Belichick, yes. in a bad way. He has, and that's more checks and balances that they need Agreed. if he's going to go to Atlanta, which would be a likely spot. So we're trying to pigeonhole these spots. I like. I kind of like the idea of John, Har- Jim Harbaugh, to to Washington or Seattle more and more this morning. Not bad. Uh, we'll see. uh, How long
1: uh, before Vrabel is announced as the head coach Vrabel to tip Vrabel to New England makes too much sense. By the end of the day?
0: (laughs) Maybe. Close the business. (laughs) And you know what? That would allow for Robert Kraft to bring in a white Vrabel who kind of, you know, because look, there are going to be a lot of fans in New England that aren't happy with this, that Bill Belichick is Bill Belichick. It's kind of like when Tom Landry Mm -hmm. was let go of the Cowboys. There's just too much history there for fans not to be upset about it. Um, But Vrabel soothes that a little bit. His success in Tennessee sues that. And then Robert Kraft can put some checks and balances in place. He can hire a general manager That's right. that can, can see eye to eye with Mike Brable. That's going to be important. But you've got to bring in someone that can handle the roster, draft better, um, and let Mike Brable coach it. I think would be a smart move in New England. Yeah, he's but, one of those
1: coaches potentially that might be able to win a Super Bowl without a Hall of Fame quarterback. Brable. Think about he's, What he's done there in Tennessee. It was never – I mean, Ryan Tannehill was the best quarterback he had.
0: Yeah. And he was he, winning
1: playoff games with those guys.
0: Yeah, we'll see. It's all moving fast, folks. We're also watching the college level where the Longhorns need a defensive coordinator with Bo Davis out. D-line coach. Or D-line D- defensive yeah. coordinator. That's PK. PK is yeah. the D.C. And the uh, co-D.C., Johnny Nansen. Johnny Nansen. Uh, mm-hmm. so, and, uh, but Bo Davis to LSU. And uh, now what they're going to do there, we'll talk more about that behind the Burn orange curtain. Also, the, uh, the Nick Saban move obviously is a massive one in college football. Will it be the only one? I, it can't be. It, no, I can't be. Can't the butterfly be effect will blue, force sure. some other blue blood. I, I, I was going to say, like but, but yeah. it won't be the only one because the Jim Harbaugh thing is, is exactly. bound to happen, <laughs> yeah. which will open Michigan, which, you know, who knows what that's going to look like. Does that affect LSU yeah, and Oregon Brian Kelly? Oregon loses their
1: coach because of it, then Oregon's got to open it. Oh, yeah. No, man.
0: Well, the thing I was going to mention there is, is, and this kind of flies in the face of our just our conversation, but if Kirby's smart, like if Bill Belichick doesn't want to go to Atlanta and the next choice, if Arthur Blank did want to hit a home run here and go big – would Kirby Smart oh, be the next call? If that,
1: that job would come open, considering how he's built that roster, can well, you think, imagine Well, think about tra- Arthur Blank. That saying, might be a more attractive job than Bowman, considering the roster.
0: Yeah, think about <laughs> Kirby Smart looking at that, going, wait a second. And if you're Arthur Blank, you're like, well, his offensive coordinator, Todd Monkin, just went to Baltimore and had huge success. Very true. Uh, you know, Kirby Smart's all about lines of scrimmage, coaching, culture, defense. NFL. That caliber wins at schemes. any level. They play,
1: they play NFL caliber schemes on defense. They, too. they do. Yeah.
0: And Todd Monkin left Georgia to go coach Lamar Jackson, and it got a lot better. So there's something to that with Kirby Smart, That's and as you right. said, That's a good point. Yeah. So, man, this and then then Georgia's open.
1: <laughs> good Georgia would be open. Like I said, the, and, and remember, and when Mac Brown left Texas, uh, that was a. I mean, when he retired or whatever temporarily, I mean that was a huge vacancy. Uh, in terms of for for a blue blood college football program, and we've talked about the butterfly effect of it, and it's hard to quantify, but there was a Sports Illustrated article, and I believe it wasn't Sports Illustrated. It was ESPN. It was ESPN, actually. Matter of fact, it was both. It was ESPN did one, um, SI did one. I want to say Texas Monthly also uh, did one of these two, where they looked at, they tried to quantify the butterfly effect of Mac Brown leaving, and in the ESPN article. Uh, it said this <laughs> about Matt Brown's uh, decision, or you know, obviously to step down or retire, whatever it was, or forced him out. Um, it said it, it, it affected the jobs of 103 coaches and influenced co- uh, coaching changes at 47 college programs, four NFL teams, two high schools <laughs> were impacted as well. Uh, it went on to say that of the uh, of the 1,280 plus head and assistant coaches in FBS football. This is from the Texas Monthly article here. The jobs uh, of at least 5% of that group were affected by Mack Brown's decision to step down. <laughs> yeah. uh, man, it, just, it says that the effects touched powerhouses like Bama, Florida State, USC, and Georgia, each lost multiple assistants that offseason. Um, doing some small part, a large part to Mac Brown's coaching decision—the butterfly effect. Patrino's, uh, it said. Patrino's hiring of Greg Brown even prompted renowned Alabama defensive coordinator Kirby Smart to take over the coaching of the Tide defensive backs. He just said, all over college football and the NFL, uh, you could see the uh, the butterfly effect of that Mac Brown uh, decision. Move.
0: Well, similar, Sim- similar uh, research will be done on the butterfly effect of Nick Saban. And what happens if Nick Saban happens on top of Jim, Jim Harbaugh off of Napa? Mm-hmm. I mean, two of the four coaches who were just in the Final Four, um, you know, could be open here as of pretty soon, as far as as soon as Jim Harbaugh uh, makes his call. So we'll, we'll certainly fall in. If Kirby Smart were to open, I mean, gosh, that's three of the top five jobs in America right now yep. uh, available.
1: Saw that a couple of years ago when Notre Dame came open. Uh, LSU was open because of the right, – because, obviously, they made that the Orcheron. move. And then you had uh Lincoln Raleigh.
0: Lincoln Raleigh. Because USC Oklahoma. was
1: open and Oklahoma was open. So we had that a couple of years ago. Maybe we're just going to see – we're at a point now where Blue Bloods are not going to be uh, the kind of destination um jobs that they used to be for, for coaches, where coaches will stay there for decades at a time. It just doesn't happen. We well, don't have that kind of security anymore. Maybe it's – Well,
0: and look, and the other part of it is the changing face of college football. And if you're a guy like Kirby Smart and you're thinking, you know what, you know, I I dominated, I won back-to-back, should have been in again this year, but we couldn't beat Nick Saban. Um, you know, maybe I don't want to deal with this. Let's go to the NFL if they're interested in them. That would be a big decision. Yeah. To you know, let them figure this out. I'm going to go coach NFL ball.
1: <laughs> well, honestly, let's let's talk about it though, because isn't basically college now becoming a little bit more like the NFL in terms of roster Yeah, it just roster doesn't have the guardrails though. Yeah, you got you exactly. So you some argue the NFL is a little easier. Yeah. Because at least I know where I stand in the free agency. There are rules to it. That's least what I'm I saying. A salary cap has an actual salary cap. I got a number there associated with, uh, as opposed to oh, that's an nil. Uh, Limit to your resources But we don't know what that is From year to year So I could totally see Guys like Nick Saban Just getting tired of that Changing landscape And deciding I'm, running, I'm going to retire Or coaches going to the NFL Because these schemes now Aren't league specific anymore like they used to be. It used to be, oh, like, this is an NFL offense. This is a pro style offense. This is a college offense. More and more, those offenses are starting to look like. They
0: crossover. They cross that's over. That's what I'm saying. I think if, if you're up. Kirby Smart, you're like, yeah. I've accomplished everything I can. Kind of like Jim Harbaugh.
1: I'm a good ball coach.
0: i what I want. Yeah. I, I can win at the next level, too, and I don't have to deal with NILs and boosters and transfer portals, transfer portals teenage, and kids. And teenage kids. Teenage kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which, you know, then that's there's got to be an allure there. And if you're Arthur Blank, let me ask you this. If you're Arthur Blank, would you rather have Bill Belichick or Kirby Smart?
1: Right now? Right now. Damn, that's a good question. <laughs> we'll answer it on the other That side. is a really good question right now.
0: 71-year-old Bill Belichick or that's whatever really the current age of Kirby Smart is. It's and not the reason 71. the Kirby
1: Smart thing would, would be smart, no pun intended, uh, would, is because you can always come back to college and you're a made man. Yeah. They, it's almost like what you do in the NFL doesn't necessarily hurt your, co- your stock as a college Unless coach. Unless it goes as, as bad as Urban Meyer. Yes. <laughs> and by the way, a lot of people say that Urban Meyer probably could have got a job too. That He doesn't really necessarily want a job. But, yeah, I mean, look at Matt Rule. didn't really affect him. Hell, look at even Nick Saban coming back. It doesn't affect you because they, they consider the NFL to be its own sport. It's a different sport altogether.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Well, and if you're Kirby Smart, can you guarantee your quarterback though? That's what taking the Washington job would do. If you're Jim Harbaugh, is you have the second pick, and now you can take a quarterback that is yours, uh, and you're growing with. Uh, you know, Seattle down there at eight, at sixteen, Atlanta's drafting eight, so you technically could get a quarterback at eight, uh, but there are other issues. But look, uh, Kirby Smart, in, in my mindset on him, doesn't is not a lot different than Jim Harbaugh. I mean, they both accomplished what they want. I mean, they're both at their alma mater. They both won championships at their alma mater. They both took their – I mean, Michigan was seen – Michigan hadn't won a championship since the late 90s. And Jim Harbaugh took it back to the top. It was seen as a program that you can't win at. The Georgia couldn't get over the hump for, for many, many years. And now, you know, both, co- both guys come back to their alma mater, take it to the top. It wouldn't surprise me to see Kirby Smart jump. And say, so, you I'll know get, what, I did what I needed to do. i want going to test myself at the highest level.
1: Yeah, only thing about Kirby, he, yeah, he doesn't have an NFL background. As no. Jim Harbaugh, who most people consider Jim Harbaugh to be an NFL guy. Yeah, he came from the NFL back guy. to college. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Jim's Jim, Jim, been jumping back and forth for a while.
1: For hour, yeah, so Kirby, Kirby I, I could see it, though. I, I really could, could. see it. Really, Especially in Atlanta, in the, in the case, which I he would have it. the
0: hometown ties yeah. and uh, immediate support. And then, you know, a lot of talent. A lot of talent. And Tonsy he's talent. used to that at Georgia, yeah. having
1: a lot of talent. And he'd have that advantage, like we said, a built-in advantage, like Jimmy Johnson described. He knows the talent that's coming out in the next two or three drafts yeah. because he coached against it and scouted against it – Best talent in the SEC, right. scouted against it, and he recruited a lot of those best players. So he's got deep, deep evaluations on these guys. So that could give him a real advantage stacking that roster for the um, first two, three years.
0: And there has been some link with, because uh, again, I will say Arthur Blank's not hiring a coordinator, he's going to hire a big name. Uh, in this cycle around. Uh, I can uh, believe that. I'm, uh, with, I'm with you. And uh, Kirby Smart, by the way, 48 years old. Only 48 years old. yo That's
1: really that's young. Really young, yeah. Damn.
0: Yeah.
1: I didn't realize, realize he was that young. I thought he was at least like, in his early 50s.
0: Yeah. We'll come back when we do uh, more of this uh, conversation because it goes round and round. And we're certainly uh, a- 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 in, you know, answering it, talking about it as it happens in real time. There's a news conference coming up at 11 o'clock that will feature Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft saying goodbye. Ooh. That will be juicy. Uh, we'll mm-hmm. have coverage of that, of course, as we move forward. Coming back, Rod will take us behind the Burn orange curtain one more time. Uh, Longhorns are losing one of their best coaches. Uh, when he got here, Steve Sarkeesian called Bo Davis the best defensive line coach in America, and now he's headed to Baton Rouge. More on that coming back. Hook him up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook him up. 101.9 AM 1260, The Horn. lot of opinion, of course, on the uh, – text line as we appreciate a lot of folks weighing in 512-447-3776 here on hook them up it says i think kirby smart is looking at a lot easier path to several sec championships could be you know with the with the don out of the conference now uh, and of course georgia rose above the don but the don got the final word in the final year rod um yep uh don don corleone uh, the godfather came back and got his uh his, and kept Georgia out this year. But, you know, could be. Could be where if you're Kirby Smart, you're like, yeah, well, now Nick Saban's gone. That makes it a lot easier. Uh, but now Texas and Oklahoma are into the conference. This says ESPN will definitely hire Saban. They love him. We've talked about that this morning. If, uh, you know, Nick Saban wants to stay involved in the game, he looks like a natural replacement for somebody like Lee Corso. Front office
1: sports is our reporting. Oh, yeah? They're, they're interested. Yeah, front office sports reported this yeah, morning. Yeah, because, I mean,
0: yeah. it's time to move on from Lee Corso. Coach yeah. has been great, but he's declined – pretty tremendously, and sometimes it's even kind of sad to watch yeah. on college game day. But uh, Nick yes. Saban would be – that would be huge. Yeah, it
1: says um, – uh, what is it? Michael McCarthy of Front Office Sports says ESPN has eyed legendary coach Nick Saban as Lee Corso's possible successor for a long time now. Um, and it said Saban would be electric. So that's already – at least there's already – Talks conversations about it.
0: Yeah, and he's already got a good relationship with Pat McAfee, obviously, who's all part of that show. And mm-hmm. um, Kirk Herbstreet and he are, are real friendly, so that would be good. Uh, this says Alabama is about to hire their John Blake. Wow, <laughs> their John Blake. Of course, John Blake was Oklahoma, and look at yeah. they're all blue blood programs. Have well, gone then through. that's
1: that's scary then, because after John Blake was Bob Stoops.
0: That's right. Uh, <laughs> eventually, they get it right. It eventually, they a while. get it right.
1: <laughs> so uh, that's scary. That can be scary. That
0: can... Listen, the. the, the, the you know, the, the Crimson Tide had legendary coach Bear Bryant and then Gene yep, Stallings. They'll be all right.
1: They'll figure it out. If, this, if, but, the, if the next one ain't right, they'll figure it out next time around.
0: But between Gene Stallings and Nick Saban, there was a run of Mike DuBose, Dennis Franchoni, yeah. Mike Price, Mike Shula. Yeah. So it, they've been there. Oklahoma's been there. Texas <laughs> has been there. Let's oh, say Texas has been there. USC has <laughs> been there. <laughs> it happens. Yeah, the one school that has avoided that Ohio is Ohio State.
1: Ohio State is a Michigan went through
0: this, right. it. Uh, no. The one school that's avoided is, is Ohio State. Ohio State's done a really good job. Their coach is like John. I mean, Ryan Day's now the modern day John Cooper. He does everything else right. He just can't beat Michigan. Just can't be the, win the big and one. And that got John Cooper fired.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah. Not being your rival will get you fired.
0: But they went from uh, Woody Hayes to Earl Bruce to yep. John Cooper. And then John Cooper couldn't beat Michigan, so they hired Jim Tressel. Jim Tressel to Urban Meyer. With one year of Luke, Luke in one year of Luke Fickle in there, one year of Luke Fickle as an interim coach. And yeah. Luke
1: Fickle's a hell of a coach, actually. Yeah, he, turned out, he wanted to be really good. So it good. turns out they just they just know how to make good hires, man. I was thinking, <laughs> they know that, how to that's hire That's the head one coach.
0: blue blood program has not had a long stretch of losing. The bad, or, bad hires. Or mediocre football. Yeah, bad hires, uh, man. For whatever reason. But yeah, Alabama had theirs from 1997 to 2007 when Nick Saban was hired. It's
1: inevitable. It was I mean, a 10
0: year period. Yeah. Uh USC. And USC maybe still haven't found their coach since B. Carroll left.
1: I thought they had it with Lincoln and Lincoln can't coach can't he won't learn how to hire a defensive coach or a coach defense and we'll see. But that's becoming a reputation for him.
0: And Which is, you is uh you know, does, does, does Oklahoma have their I think Texas feels like they've got their guy in Steve Sarkeesian is Brett Venables.
1: He did he, a good job in year two. He did. Uh, yeah, Still
0: lost the bowl game, yeah. and, uh, still, and now they come back into the SEC with no returning <laughs> offensive linemen. And you got to replace all the First-year quarterback and two all new coordinators. coordinators. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's, what, that's what really concerns me. I'm like, man, who's got to replace well, all the coordinators ideal. and your quarterback heading to the SEC?
0: If, we, if this was in Austin and we were talking about no returning offensive linemen, a new quarterback, two new coordinators, and your first year in the SEC – wouldn't feel good about not that. ideal.
1: Not ideal. And Texas has all the coordinators and a returning quarterback and for <laughs> the five turning office of line returning. That's ideally where you want to be. That's so. exactly right. Yeah. All
0: right. Appreciate those uh those conversations coming in and uh, all good stuff. Uh, with your opinion. This says, Belichick to Atlanta with Cliff Kingsbury as his offensive coordinator.
1: that now the reason that is interesting is because he drafted Cl- Cliff Kingsbury. He did. He drafted Cliff Kingsbury, and he's on the record for talking um, highly, very highly, uh, and complimentary about Cliff Kingsbury's offensive acumen, as he's on the record for saying that most of the time. So that, I, you know what? It, it, my big concerns would be who they hire as OC and who's going to help pick out the quarterback. I would have some confidence in that formula of having a Cliff Kingsbury there. We know he has a great alpha quarterbacks too, quarterback development, hey, great offense, draft. and then you combine Bill Belichick's brain power with Cliff Kingsbury and the GM, and then they help pick out the quarterback of the future. That
0: good. that that makes sense. Good message there. Good I thought like there, Outlaw. That is good one. That's kind of alongside of the one saying um, yeah. Bill, you know, Jim Harbaugh to Washington, not far from his brother in Baltimore, so and but different conferences, so you can be close to brother, mm-hmm. grandpa and grandma can come and hang out and be rooting for both teams on a train ride, and uh, you won't have to play each other unless you're in the Super Bowl like you were in 2013. I like that. I like that too. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's uh, let's go behind right. the burn orange curtain one more time this morning. And they were all asking themselves the same question: What, what is behind that curtain? <laughs>
1: All right, let's talk about the uh, big news on the 40 Acres, which was the... Departure of one Bo Davis, expected departure. It's been reported that he is indeed leaving uh, to return to his alma mater, LSU. Uh, And He was described by Steve Sarkeesian multiple times as the best defensive line coach in the country. Uh, And Sarke's not the only one that feels that way. A lot of people feel like Bo Davis is one of the top three best D-line coaches in the country. Uh, There are reports that Texas uh, did not make the biggest offer. Um, did they not? Did they did not make the big uh, one of the, the final offer for Bo Davis that LSU did offer between 1.3 and 1.5. Uh, that is the reported number to get Bo Davis um, to flip. But I, I, I will say this: I don't think it was all about the money. Yes, of course, it, it, it's always in some sense. Um, it's about a factor. That, that dollar figure. yeah, dollar figure. But um, I do think the reports from Chip Brown, the reports from uh, Kirk Bowles, both talking about his. Um, his willingness uh, to uh, go to somewhere where he's, he can coach his son, that he actually wants to coach his son, son his son's name is Bo, uh, coaches that he actually plays at Southeastern Louisiana, and if there's any chance that he could coach his son, which I think there's a better chance of him doing that at LSU, uh, considering he plays in the state of Louisiana, uh, that is something that also motivates him. Also, his, his alma mater uh, being LSU, I'm sure, was a big factor as well. Uh, he hasn't coached D-Line there, only coached – he was a strength and conditioning coach there during that time. So I think there were other factors that were pulling him, influencing Bo Davis, uh, not just the, the money, but the bag is a big part of it. And Texas reportedly did not make the biggest offer. Um, That LSU actually their final offer Was a bigger offer than Texas so uh, There is some concern for Longhorn fans that you're Losing one of the best D-line Coaches and you won't be able to replace Him Um, there are other good D-line Coaches out there Bo Davis You know obviously brought his own uh, Resume and his own street cred uh, To the Texas D-line room but Man, you go look at, um, right, Ed Orgeron's a guy that's available. I'm not saying you go go after Ed Orgeron as a top candidate. I'm just listing candidates. Uh, But Ed Orgeron's a good D-line coach and a hell of a recruiter. Uh, There is some stipulation, I believe, in his contract about him coaching in the SEC. Um, But if you hire him, I don't know, within the next couple of months, you won't have to worry about that because Texas technically isn't in the SEC right now. Um, So that wouldn't be applicable. So Ed Orgeron is out there. Uh, Freddie Roach. I don't know if he's available. He's the D-line coach currently at Alabama, but without Nick Saban there, uh, he may be. Uh, influence and motivated to leave uh, Oscar Giles is a, a Lifetime longhorn Oscar Giles Who's been on the 40 Acres multiple times <laughs> uh, He's been on the 40 Acres Multiple times coaching but whether you're Talking about his first stint with Mac Brown Or you're talking about his latest stint with Tom Herman uh, Oscar Giles you know, Resume speaks for itself I mean all the guys not all the guys but a lot of the guys That Bo Davis was able to turn Into draftable prospects on that D-line I mean they were essentially were recruited by Oscar Giles. So it shows he can recruit, right? Your Tevandre Sweat, your Burrow Ojimo's, your Colburns, your Alfred Collins, your Vernon Broughtons. I mean those are Oscar Giles guys. Uh, and Bo Davis did a great job of coaching him, but in terms of recruiting, Oscar Giles was the one that brought him in. If you go look at Oscar Giles' first in at Texas, you can see the development aspect of it. Guys like Alex Okafor and guys like Charles Amenehu and Pona Ford and uh, Malcolm Roach and Sam Macho and Arakpo and Kendall. I mean, it goes on and on. You've had a lot of really good uh, D-linemen um, under uh, Oscar Giles' tutelage and development. So Oscar Giles is the guy you can throw out there. He's, he's coaching D-line at Wyoming right now. Uh, Rod Wright who is a lifetime Longhorn. He's an assistant D-line coach with the Texans, first year in the NFL. He may be persuaded to come back to college to coach. Uh, He also used to coach at UTSA and Sam Houston, so he's got some ties recruiting and some history recruiting in the state of Texas. Frank Ocam, another lifetime Longhorn. He's coaching at Toledo now, has been in the college ranks. Uh, He's a young up-and-comer. So two fast risers who have Texas connections there with Frank Ocam and Rod Wright. Uh, You'd also have Oscar Giles, who's, more of a proven veteran who's been there and done that. He's got a longer, lengthier, more impressive resume if that's the way you want to go with more of a proven commodity. Freddie Roach is also in that category as a proven commodity. Uh, Ed Orgeron in there too, but he's a guy that got head coach experience. Sometimes that matters to coaches. Another coach who I think is a pretty good D-line coach, uh, Rando Joyner. Um, He is the uh, D-line coach at Ole Miss and he's a a really you know he's a decent uh, really good d-line coach and I think he'd be a decent hire for Texas too so there there are a lot of good d-line coaches out there don't be upset right um you know don't be uh saddened by the loss of bo davis yeah you know he he was a really good d-line coach and had proven that over the the short time that he was here his second stint at texas too but sark has shown that he's good track record of hiring coaches he's been really good at hiring coaches so far and even replacing coaches i think he'll once again uh hit a home run with his d-line d-line coach position no matter who it is um like i said, I think he's got a lot of different choices it depends on what he wants to prioritize and what he wants to emphasize, what he wants out of the D-line coach position.
0: Yeah, uh, and, you know, there's a lot of hay in the barn, as they say, Rod. Mm -hmm. A lot of good players on campus. Oh, yeah,
1: they're not going anywhere. I don't think so anyway.
0: Uh, absolutely. Uh, that, that that that's And Pete will have some say on who he wants and what style. Yes. And as we talk about him transforming this defense into probably what he was comfortable with at Washington but needed to, some time to reconstruct the, the roster and the body types and the type of players he wants, uh, he's on his way to doing that. So it'll be an ongoing thing. And, again, frustrating, yes, a lot of Longhorn fans were bumming. But at um, the same time, it's just part of running a good program. I mean, yeah. when you run a good program and you're building and doing the things Texas is doing, you're going to have other – I mean, why? Why is LA, I mean, as we said, Matt Moscona, for who covers LSU, does radio in Baton Rouge. He said he reported that uh, LSU made the defensive line coach and getting Bo Davis back to his alma mater as almost more important than even the defensive coordinator hire.
1: That's but that there was that
0: much of a priority. That's wild. Because look, I mean, uh, he, he, LSU, You can understand LSU fans after year after year of being great on defense, but no offense and no quarterback. Offensive weapons, but no quarterback. Mm-hmm. Then you finally win it with Joe Burrow. Okay, great. Uh, but then it disintegrates around at J- Orgeron. And now you got Brian Kelly, and the offense was historically good. I mean, the, 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 uh, the offense they had this year with Jalen Daniels kind of rivaled Joe Burrow's offense. It was, it was great. Well, they couldn't stop anybody. They couldn't stop anybody. It's
1: like, what do you mean? Now we can't, now we can't get any defense. At so. LSU. At LSU. <laughs> <laughs> what? what? Yeah. No, but, yeah, it's like it fired the whole defensive staff. And, uh, if and I'm some, CB, I'm glad you brought it up because I haven't brought it up, but I remember Coach Shipley brought it to my attention because I didn't think about it either, that the new defensive coordinator at LSU, Blake Baker, is the brother of Lifetime Longhorn, Bo Baker. Bo Baker.
0: He's a good dude. Yeah,
1: and I didn't realize. I was like, oh, yeah, he is. I didn't think about that. I didn't see. Actually, I went to lunch with Bo. Maybe it was last year, uh, earlier this he year. He was your teammate. Uh, yes, Bo Baker. Um, but his brother is the, uh, the defensive coordinator, Blake Baker. Who is from Was it Missouri? LSU. Yes, it's LSU. So I yeah, I, 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 knew that because, like I said, Coach Shipley brought it to my attention. I didn't even think about it, and I forgot all about it. And yeah, I hadn't mentioned it, but yeah, it's a great point. Great nugget, once again, by my man, CB. Ready to go, CB. Hmm.
0: All right, so we will uh, continue these conversations, to say the least, Rod. They're going to be ongoing, and it's ever changing every day. We got new players into the portal, new players, the long ones are chasing in the portal. We got new players off to the NFL. Wow uh so yes we're not is.
1: lacking for headlines it, <laughs> i thought when college football was over it, i'm like okay now it's gonna die down oh, no. it did not die I mean, down it, i think that, <laughs> it
0: doesn't change i mean it's, it's going up december was no longer much about bowl games it was about the final four and then portal yep like, who's going where and uh, now it's the coaching carousel time and now that the season is I don't in think the, the coaching carousel
1: has been this lit maybe not in a while Wow, don't, because I, don't uh, I know you accurately
0: day. are pointing out the Notre Dame, USC, LSU year, but that's to me that's not even on par. If, we, if Georgia were to open, it would be something we haven't seen before. Because you, you, right now, because those are all historically good programs and great programs: Notre Dame, LSU, and USC. Those are blue bloods. Blue bloods, hundred percent. Yeah. But this would be blue bloods who were because Georgia's become one. These would be currently Michigan, Alabama, and Georgia are three of the five best programs right now. Yeah. In the
1: country, that's true. Period. Yeah, yeah, and that doesn't. They happen. all could be open. That's true. <laughs> like, come on. That's a good point. Like that, that doesn't happen. No. Uh, we. Like I said, we've seen blue bloods all be uh, have vacancies at the same time. That just happened a couple of years ago, but they weren't great. That whole, that whole reason they had vacancies because they were, those programs weren't necessarily achieving at a really high level. You're right. That's a good point. Yeah, I haven't thought is, about it. Because these
0: are all on top. Top, I mean, top. top. I mean, you know, Georgia's mad they didn't get in this year. And Michigan won it, and Bama dang near beat them. I mean, the, these are all elite programs. Top five
1: teams. Right? Top these, five teams. Georgia team. was like top, was they, six? I think they are five. They five? So, they're they're all five. top five teams? Yeah, that's a, you've never seen that.
0: No. 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 This is crazy. <laughs> you'll never see it again. And, and you know, Georgia coming up has not happened yet, but it makes kind of sense with Atlanta potentially with what um, Arthur Blank's looking they for. They can't
1: get Belichick. It looks like they may, that may be the second best candidate for him. <laughs> He wants a proven did you, did
0: you come up with a, a determinant answer? Would you rather have Belichick or Kirby right now? 48-year-old Kirby Smart versus 71-year-old Bill Belichick. Man, I think I, I might go Kirby. Oh, man. Right now.
1: Right now. Yeah, right now Kirby is, I think, a better choice. But I would say this. Belichick defenses have not fallen off as much as people have. Have said like his, his defense have been pretty consistent. It's just the decisions that he's made on the offense. Yeah, he side needs a general manager. It's not him. Yeah, they've been dreadful, horrible decisions. And I think Kirby Smart will make better decisions uh, for the complementary like football, like for the entire uh, construction and blueprint of the team. Belichick will take care of the defense. I don't know. I don't have faith in him taking care of the offense. Not
0: Agreed. Right now. Agreed. Yeah. What's poppin'?
1: Who are you Brand
0: fan, new whip just hopped in. I got options. Just I can pass it. It's like stocking. Way. Just Josh. I'm, yeah, I'm a this slow learner. Like. I think I just heard that for the first time. That's a uh, brand new whip. Just, just hopped in. Is that what he says? Yep. Cause he got a new car and he's jumped in. It, I guess. Yeah, There you go. Learn something new every day. Thank you, Jack Harlow. <laughs> Thank you, Jack Harlow. Uh, who's you guys say is an overrated. Yeah. Overrated. Uh, yeah, I just think he's a uh, rapper, hip hopper. They're trying to create him. It's kind of like things. an
1: industry plant, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah I mean, industry been, plant. They've been promoting him, and it's like, well, he's he's okay, but the, considering how much we see him and how much he's promoted, I don't know if he's that good. But I like Jack Harlow. Just don't love him.
0: I like Jack Harlow. Yeah. Hey, we've told and kind of kind of honored these coaches, Nick Saban. We talked about how he really and you know, Steve Sarkeesian's been open about this. You know, Nick Saban saved Steve Sarkeesian's not just his coaching career, but his life. His actual being here mm-hmm. uh, with his policy of coaches getting rigorous physicals annually if they're going to work for him. Uh, was based on his father dying at a young age uh, of a heart attack that he was unaware of what was going on. And so he made it his, uh, his focus to make sure his coaches were aware of what was going on inside their body. And, uh, you know, even up to the Final Four last week, there was a great story on game day, ESPN did, with uh, L'Oreal Sarkeesian and Steve Sarkeesian telling the story, you know, showing the, open, the scar of his open-heart surgery that came as a result of one of those physicals that, um, you know, it was, a, it was a code red. I mean, it was a get in here. we got to get in here immediately mm-hmm. and uh, fix yep. this problem. Or else, you know, and he's Sark's only forty-seven, forty-eight years old. But this was his one; he's in his mid-forties, Rod. Uh, and it's one of those things; it's uh, it's something we all should be doing. Um, you see that story, and I'm like, man, I'm fifty-one. I haven't been in for a heart test in a while. I've done my other stuff. I need to go back for a full rigorous physical. Mm-hmm. I'm a father. I'm hoping to be a grandfather at some point. I don't, yeah, uh, you know, we just don't know. You could have a self. ticking time bomb inside your chest if you're not taking care of it. So we we'll, uh, we appreciate that. Also, somebody said uh, they gave a, he said my favorite p- uh, texter said my favorite Pete Carroll story was when he was at USC in his off time, he would drive around the, the, the inner city neighborhoods of uh, in the cities or the areas of, of L.A., and he'd see groups of kids, and he'd stop, and he was Pete Carroll. And so we'd be asking him why aren't they in school? Why aren't you going why aren't you in school? Then he'd try to mentor them. Uh, which is which is a pretty cool thing to do. Wow. Can be dangerous too at times, but that's Pete Carroll. I mean yeah. Pete Carroll's a rock star. He was and a main
1: man around there at that time. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah, he could have his car. Nobody gonna do nothing to Pete Carroll in South Central or well, in I mean, Compton. He'd go hang out well, there. I've <laughs> said
0: all morning that uh, the three I mean, we we were talking this morning about the three greatest football coaches of my adult life. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I really started watching football. Now, if you go back to when I was born in the 70s, you had the Tom Landrys and the Chuck Knowles and the the Bill Walsh and Joe Gibbs and those guys. But, you know, when I, you know, of of, of someone I'm 16, 17, 18 until now when I'm 51, these are the three best football coaches of my life. I mean, uh, this is, you know, Bill Belichick. Uh, This is Pete Carroll. And as I said, what could have been with a couple of goal line or short yarded situations. They beat Texas in that Rose Bowl rod, Bears repeating it in what's popping. If they win that Rose Bowl, which all Texas fans are thrilled that they didn't, but Pete took a lot of criticism, and Steve Sarkeesian took criticism Was yeah, Why wasn't Why wasn't Reggie Bush on the field? Hey. Even Mac Brown was asked after the game, what would happen if, if they had run a play-action pass or something different? <laughs> Mac Brown said they'd still be running. Like we were selling out to stop Lendale White. That was, the, that was our plan. Smart move.: And they guessed right, and Pete Carroll didn't get it, and they gave the ball back to Vince Young, and the rest is history. But if they get that first down. And run out the clock. And if Marshawn Lynch gets the ball from the goal line, we'd be talking about Pete Carroll in a different light. We'd be talking about Pete Carroll, who won three straight college national championships. And then two straight Super Bowls, all within about a ten-year period.
1: Yeah, it'd be it'd be the greatest football resume for any coach yeah. ever, at college or the pro level. Goat, There'd be goat. no dispute; he'd be the goat.
0: Go back to back to back. Yeah, he'd be the goat. And then go back to back in the NFL. Yeah. Not long later. I mean, he'd be ten years later.
1: Yeah, I, I mean that's how that's how close he was to being the greatest coach, in my opinion, of all time.
0: And, and I have <laughs> no doubt that Bill, the Nick Saban, is the greatest. I think the, of anybody's lifetime. I think Bill Nick Saban is the greatest college football coach of all time. He'd probably see Bear Bryant or be- some others, but uh, his resume is unmatched.
1: And Belichick, whether y'all like it or not, with Brady or without Brady, he's still the GOAT in goat. the NFL because the titles.
0: Which is why he probably still wants to coach because oh, he yeah. wants to chase down the great Don Shula.
1: And he wants his legacy to still be cemented without Brady. People to go, oh, you know what? He actually was able to achieve without Brady.
0: By the way, thank you to CB. He just sent me that uh, Steve Sarkeesian story from Sports Center or from College Game Day. I'll retweet it right now if you didn't see that. It's worth watching. Very heartfelt from Steve Sarkeesian and his love for Nick Saban and yeah. appreciation for the doctors there because he literally would not be here.
1: He's grateful. He that better is, be.
0: That's an aha moment there for sure. I retweeted that. I Re-X'd it. Uh, thank you, CB. Rod, have a good Thursday, man.
1: Yeah, it was an easy day at work.
0: I <laughs> are talking to coaches. Just talking about all-time uh, great coaches all something, day. Something tells me that might be the case tomorrow.
1: It could be, especially if there's some movement with one of these vacancies.
0: Hey, Ty Henderson, great stuff, my friend. We appreciate you as well uh, producing the program. We'll do it again on a Friday. Five more hours into the weekend. A lot of wild card previews of the uh, big games this weekend on wild card Saturday, Sunday, and Monday in the National Football League. Every hour of this show, podcast at hornfm.com. If you missed any of it, Jim Rome is next.